Welcome to the Amplify Horse Racing Podcast. I am Anise Montpleasure, joined by the lovely Miss Caitlin Christofferson. And this was a very special episode because it is our first collaborative episode in which we teamed up with another podcast that we're both fans of and that I have worked with in the past, the Retired Racehorse Radio Podcast, co-hosted by Joy Orr and Kristen Kovach-Bentley. And they had asked about me joining to be a guest on their podcast. And we had already talked about having them join the Amplify podcast. So let's just do a collab and share the love. This went even better than I could have imagined, Anise. It was so much fun. They were so wonderful to talk to. You know, so much uh, was learned and, you know, so many shared experiences um, that hopefully other people here and are familiar with as well, or, you know, get involved, um, in either the retired racehorse project or start listening to their podcast or vice versa. Um, these two were absolute, uh, pleasures and I'm so happy to know people like them in the, um, in the racing world. And so I can't wait for our listeners to listen to this. We have great energy and we cover everything from the challenges of retraining an off-the-track thoroughbred to horse show boyfriends and husbands and everything in between. So horse girls unite and let's dive on in. Horse boys, welcome to. And welcome to another episode of the Amplify Horse Racing Podcast in collaboration with the Retired Racehorse Radio Podcast. So we're super excited to bring our audience members this really special episode with a group that I admire, a podcast that I've been able to be part of uh, in the past, and a mission that Caitlin and I are both really passionate about when it comes to off-the-track thoroughbred. So I'm excited to welcome Kristen Kovach-Bentley and Joy Orr, both co-hosts of the Retired Racehorse Radio Podcast. And for any uh, RRR podcast members who are new to the Amplify podcast, uh, I'd like to introduce you to Caitlin Christofferson, who is my co-host. She is part of GSS, the marketing agency. So we love their work and they help us out at Amplify Horse Racing. So thank you so much for joining today and we're so excited to dive in. Kristen and Joy, thanks so much for uh, jumping on board with this wonderfully crazy idea. Yeah, this is going to be so much fun. We love doing collaborative stuff like this. So, and you know, and no better folks to do it with. So thanks very much for having us. Absolutely. I had joined Joy on the Retired Racehorse Radio podcast back in, it, gosh, 2020, I think it might have been. I think it was December. Has it been that long? Back when and I had a then, normal voice. That's so exciting. <laughs> and then we finally met in person by accident last year when Amplify was hosting an event at Keeneland for uh, retired racehorse project participants to come out and learn about morning training. And you were having a donut and I we finally got to meet. So I didn't realize it was you. I know. Like I see you saw me and you're like, Joy. It's like Anise, like it was great. It was great to finally meet you because I felt like we've had so many conversations. I mean, we have because you were on the podcast, but even in between, just 
it's been such a pleasure seeing everything you've been doing with Amplify and then get a chance to meet you. It just felt like, you know, long-term friendship. It was great. I love the the long distance friends. Like I've met several of my best friends through social media or, you know, through the podcasting or media community in the equine industry. And so it's so fun to be able to have collaborations like this. And I'm, I'm just so pumped to have you guys on. It's a small world in equine land and even smaller when you get into thoroughbreds. So mm-hmm. I think to, to start off, I actually don't know a lot of the history of the Retired Racehorse Radio. Can you guys talk through how it developed and, and how it came to be, how long you've been around? Yeah, I can take that one. Um, I'm going to apologize to all your listeners because I don't normally sound like this, but I was lucky enough to get the winter sickness that everyone got, um, but couldn't miss this for the world. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, But if you listen to Retired Resource Radio, you'll hear my normal voice. You will. Um, So the history about our podcast is we, I pitched the idea to Horse Radio Network in 2018 I had just gotten my first off the track thoroughbred and realized it was a very big learning curve to kind of retrain her for that. Like a really big learning curve. I was crying a lot. Um, And then I found myself. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I was like digging for information constantly. And I was like, there's so many people who get these horses. There's got to be a better way to do this. I hope I'm not the only person crying after every time going to the barn. Um, so I pitched this idea. The initial project was called the Thoroughbred 30 and it was going to be like a 30 minute training podcast. And I love how it evolved to retired racehorse radio where we got to partner. Um, we officially launched February of 2019. So we're coming up to our fifth birthday, which is wild and bizarre. Um, still can't believe people listen. That shocks me regularly. Um, but we ended up making this more holistic overview of aftercare and retraining and healthcare and how do you rehab. Um, We partnered with New Vocations Resource Adoption Program where their head trainers come out and offer training advice and offer, we feature an adoptable horse every single episode, which I really love. That was super important to me because my horse came from New Vocations. And then we also partnered with the Retired Resource Project, which is how I met Kristen. Um, and to feature the thoroughbred makeover that really goes into the second careers of horses and just shows the diversity that thoroughbreds can offer to people. Now we've really gotten to branch into standard breads too. So it's just coming full circle. We've done quarter horses, Arabians, and we even had an episode on greyhounds, um, which I know they're not horsey, but they race too. So anyone who's been on a track is welcome. <laughs> I love that. And we're all dog fans. Like if you're a horse fan, you're a dog fan too. I know. So. Mine's like running around right now. So you might see her at some point. Who knows? Natural, natural collaboration there. No, and I, I love that. We were all talking before the show about the different uh, riding disciplines that we're all involved in in our personal horsey lives. You know, Caitlin is uh, at a hotel because she's at a horse show right now and she's into the hunter jumper world. Last year I dove into polo, which has now become a a complete and total obsession. Kristen, I was saying I had no idea that you were involved in the, you know, the working ranch horse. Like you actually use your off the track thoroughbreds for working on your family's ranch. Enjoy. You're involved in dressage. So 
Uh, Kristen, handing it over to you, how did you come to this crazy world of off the track thoroughbreds? Um, so I think like a lot of people, I saw a video from the makeover and I was like, oh, that looks kind of cool. I think I could do that because I think in 2017, they ran it like reined cow horse. So you were, you know, coming out and boxing a cow, taking it down the fence and circling it, which is extremely hard to do with a quarter horse that's purpose bred for that in a year. And I was like, I don't understand how people are doing this with thoroughbreds, but I also think I could do that because I had a whole lot of like false hubris at the time and really thought I was, you know, hot. So uh, probably the same year, actually, that Joy had was crying on her way home. So was I a lot <laughs> with my also chestnut thoroughbred trying to get him ready for the makeover. Um, but we had an excellent time at the makeover. We were seventh in ranch work. Um, we participated in freestyle. So um, that year at the makeover, they had taken cows out of ranch work. And I was like, that was like my one advantage. Like, so they've taken that away. So for freestyle, I found a local cattle producer and she brought me a cow in a trailer and dropped the cow in the ring. And I just chased it around for five minutes and then put it back on the trailer and she left. So, um, so I still got to work my cow at the makeover. Um, and then right after that, then uh, this communications manager position opened up at Retired Racehorse Project. And they were like, hey, uh, are you ready to make a move? And I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. Um, and I've been there ever since. So we always say like results, not typical when you do the makeover, you don't necessarily also then get hired by RRP, but it worked out for me that time. So, um, and then, uh, Joy, when did I join retired resource radio? Like two years ago? Yeah. Going on two years. So about two year anniversary yeah. in the spring. So, but I will say you were like an ad hoc guest cause you would come on pretty I would come on a lot, yeah. So you're like an unofficial host and then we just made it official. Right. Yeah. I just got my foot in the door and then that my whole leg out. and, and yes. the whole rest of me. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they make great ranch horses. We have a lovely time with them. So my husband rides our other one. So I, uh, I, we couldn't figure out how to beat the ranch winner in 2018. So we bought him. So that's the horse my husband rides. <laughs> <laughs> that, that really worked out. Yeah. It worked out great for all of us. So yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And it's, it's just fun. It's, it's nice to be able to share that with my husband too. So because otherwise I'd be at the barn all day and he wouldn't see me. So he's like, well, this way I get to see you. So yeah, might as well join him. Right. <laughs> that is awesome. And Joy, how about the, the dressage world? It sounds like you started with Arabians and then where, where did thoroughbreds come into the picture for you? Yeah. So I started with Arabians, which is also a very non-traditional dressage horse. My parents hoped that I would get into reining. That was the goal. That's what they were breeding their Arabs for. I was like, no thanks. That saddle's too heavy for me and I'm lazy. So I went the English world. Um, and I took a couple lessons on some warm bloods and that was fine. They were so much bigger than my Arabians. So that was a bit scary. I went from like a 14-2 Arab to a 17-3 Percheron thoroughbred cross. Um, very interesting. My father, I think, almost had a small stroke that day. Um, but as I got older and, you know, my horses were getting older, I had my Arabs all through the last years of their life. I'm 5'8", and I was ready to get my next horse. And I love the quickness and hotness of an Arab. They're so smart. They're so personable. And thoroughbreds have that same tenacity. And so I was invited by one of my friends to go to the local racetrack. And he's the one who introduced me to them and took me to his farm. Oddly enough, he was fostering my horse from new vocations that I have currently is a trap. It was a total trap to get her. <laughs> it's fine. Um, 
And ever since, like, I just can't see going back. She has been everything that I've asked for. Some things I haven't asked for, they were surprises. Um, but for the most part, it's just, she's made me such an incredible horseman. Like, I I wouldn't be half the writer I am today without her. Or like the everything, like, you know, I'm much better at nutrition. I'm a lot better at first aid, you know. Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> like, maybe not my but... horse. My horse is a cockroach. Like, yeah, she's gonna survive a nuclear war. Bit, yeah, your horse is in good shape. Mine are constantly trying to off themselves. So yeah, I get really good at all the other parts of horsemanship too. So <laughs> thanks. But guys. I mean, mental health wise, like that's a trade-off because we got four worlds. There's a lot of personality in my horse. <laughs> I I also have a chestnut, not a chestnut mare, but a chestnut gelding. And there he's the sweetest boy. Also, I like the description of cockroach. Um, because he would also probably knock on wood, survive anything, but, but the worlds are there. So, but Caitlin, Caitlin also has the new vocations connection through her off the track girlfriend. So Caitlin, talk about the famous Charles. <laughs> Charles, I actually, you know, I remember listening to retired racehorse radio when I finally decided that I was ready to start my search and trying to figure out, do as much homework as possible, figure out what I was getting into. I've been working in the industry for some time. I grew up riding actually Arabians and quarter horses also. And um, and I'd been working in uh, horse racing for about five years. And I just knew how many beautiful, talented, athletic horses there were out there. And um, so, yeah, I... Uh, my initial research was a lot of retired racehorse radio listening, any podcasts or any information I could get my hands on. And I found Charles um, during COVID. Uh, he was actually at their Covington, Louisiana facility. And he, um, I think he was on the website for like a couple of days. And then um, my, my friend said we were, so we were actually, um, doing some client work. It was about eight months into COVID. We were in Charlestown, West Virginia uh, for the races at Charlestown. And my um, my partner, Molly McGill said, there were two thoroughbreds I was looking at and you know she saw Charles and all I had was video of him just trotting around an arena. Like didn't know if he could jump, didn't know if he wanted to jump, didn't know, you know, if he wanted to have a saddle on him, anything, but I went for it, put the deposit down and he showed up about two weeks later. And um, so, yeah, we celebrated our third year together this September. And he has been, I mean, I completely relate to the crying, like it's tears, sweat, blood, the self doubt. Um, the, the feeling or like the thinking going in with a lot of hubris and thinking, you know, exactly what you're doing and exactly what the road ahead looks like. And then having that change about 50 million times. Um, but he's, he's been fantastic. I owe so much to him. We have, we've achieved our goals. He's taken me from, um, or we've taken each other from the two foot hunters to now the national derbies. And he is just fantastic. He's taught me so much horsemanship and so much feel um, for, you know, exactly not just for jumping, um, 
but for just developing a horse properly, um, getting them balanced, getting them uh, physically, you know, mature and ready. Um, he, you know, like all horses, he, he has his thing. So we have to monitor um, and keep a close watch on his feet. And, you know, um, he, he gets his benefits from his Cairo and <laughs> PEMF and all of that. And, but what he, what he gives back to me and what he's given back to me is, I mean, my, my writing, you know, I, I took a 15 year hiatus, um, between when I was 15 years old and when I was 30. And I would never have thought that I would be, um, back at this level you know, within a couple of years and, and it's all because of him. So yeah, Charles, he, he's wonderful. Um, and I think the, the thing there is, you know, you have to stick with it. I will have to say like it truly, I mean, even to this day, um, he's almost seven. I got him when he was three. It still takes a village. Um, the, the best thing that happened was that at the time my, boyfriend, now fiance, uh, we were, have been dating and it was like relatively new. Um, but he was very, very supportive of it. And he has been Charles's biggest fan on the days when I've come home from the barn and said, I can't do this anymore. So having that support around you, you know, whether it's family or significant other or a group of horse friends, um, podcasts it, it it has to be there for for any any of the amplify listeners out there that might not have been through the journey of retraining and off the track thoroughbred we don't want to scare you away this is an educational experience and this is why you should check out other podcasts like retired racehorse radio but we uh amplify again, this year, uh, hosted the same event that you came to last year, Joy, in that uh, during the uh, retired racehorse uh, makeover, we hosted a morning out at Keeneland to invite RRP participants and supporters to come watch morning training and to learn about how racehorses are trained. Because by the time you get a horse that has come off track, it's like, you know, being a adult that has gone to university to get your undergrad in one subject. And then you realize that you can't have your career in that anymore. So now you have to go back and get a new undergrad for something. And I think and it really love your body physically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Redevelop your, you know, your, your body physically, mentally. And I think people are really surprised and it really helps too when they understand, you know, well, oh, now I see why my horse doesn't respond to leg pressure. He has a rider on his back or had a rider on, on his or her back with their stirrups hyped way up. So leg pressure was not necessarily a thing, you know, standing for a mounting block, not a thing when your horse is at the track, um, you know. I think Go working fast. alone is a big one. Like, yeah, it's hard for me to work yeah. horses alone initially because they're barely alone on the track. You know, even if they're breezing, there's other horses out there with them. So they're, they're never really solo. 
Well, even like manners you take for granted, like cross tying or standing outside the stall or not having a standard routine. So then they get antsy. Um, And, you know, with letdown time or aftercare programs, some of those things can get whittled out before it comes to you. But if you're getting one right off the track, you know, our, our show really does try to tell the story from the track. So you know why they have those behaviors when you do bring them home. So you're not getting frustrated and you're like, why are you like this? Well, they don't know anything else. Yeah. (laughs) And to your comment, Anise, about not trying to scare anybody off, that's Mm -hmm. absolutely the case. I would just, you know, my advice now to people, I encourage, I honestly think everybody should do it. I want to see more hunter jumper people doing it because I think they need it. Honestly. (laughs) Um, you know, it's, it's one thing to jump around a warm blood that has been born and bred to do that, but to develop your eye and your, um, riding style on a horse that has to be, um, you have to use a lot different finesse on is entirely different thing. I would just say for anybody doing it, you know, just, be prepared. It's going to make you a better rider and a better person. Um, I think I've learned a lot about leadership within my company and just, um, you know, there's a lot of like emotional maturity that, you know, has to come to get through the toughest parts. Um, so be prepared to become a better rider and a better person, but just know that you are going to question yourself a lot. You're going to doubt yourself a lot. You're going to wonder if <laughs> if you ever understood horses at all, or if it was all just a fluke. Um, So just be prepared to have a transformational experience. Yeah. I think it's the ultimate rite of passage. They're a horseman's horse. Absolutely. Like, you know, if you want to know if you're a horseman, get yourself an off track thoroughbred and and then you'll take that thing by the reins. Yep. (laughs) And then you'll be like, Oh my God, I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) But you'll come out the other side and it'll all be great. So yes. Everybody should do it. That is so funny. I love that. I remember the first time when my horse, Larry, um, I did not have a great facility to to retrain him at. We didn't have an indoor or an outdoor arena. It was like a pasture and a gravel road or riding in the paddock. <laughs> and um, he um, definitely, when I, when I took some good contact on his mouth, was like, oop that means go. And he ran me down a ditch and into a farmer's field. And it's so funny now because he's the sweetest, most docile horse that I, I just trail ride with him. Um, but we, we definitely had our, our come to Jesus moments over time, but that's okay. Again, I'm a better person now. Now I can, um, process more, think more about what the horse is thinking and feeling, regardless of what horse I'm, I'm riding or, or what discipline it is. You know, I think maybe now I have a more horse first mentality rather than being so focused on my riding. It's more like, how can I respond to what the horse is telling me as I ride? So I'd agree with that. I'd Mm hundred percent agree with that. So I don't want to commandeer the the conversation, guys. I I feel like I just no, ran with it. This is our our co co podcast. Well, I was going to ask the same like very similar question for our listeners who might not be familiar with Amplify, just to kind of give a high level of what you do and a little bit about your podcast. 
Yeah, so Amplify is a 501c3 nonprofit to get youth and young adults involved in the thoroughbred industry and hopefully introduced to pathways to further involvement. So whether that's a career, maybe that's becoming an owner, maybe it is taking on an off-the-track thoroughbred, maybe it's becoming a more educated and involved fan. So whatever your interest level and avenue is that you want to go down we want to help to support you in that and uh, it's very funny a lot of our partners and people who we work with through amplify caitlin being a great example are you know not originally from a state that has heavy involvement in the thoroughbred industry but somehow we became interested and and got connected to this amazing world. And so we're very passionate about if there is a youth somewhere, regardless of what state you're in and how you become interested, whether it's through watching racing on TV. Uh, we have a lot of youth who come to us because they saw a movie about a racehorse like Seabiscuit, Secretariat, Dreamer, Racing Stripes. We talked a lot about the movie Seabiscuit on another recent episode. Um, yeah, that was me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, it was the movie Ruffian. And you want to embark on that path to be involved. We want to make it easier. So we do behind the scenes educational tours. We have a mentorship program that's really geared towards uh, 15 to 25 year olds approximately. We don't have a you know a hard and fast age if you're out of that age range and uh, if you're under 18, you have parental support. Um, or if you're over 25 and you want to embark on this journey, you can apply for our mentorship program and we'll pair you up with an industry professional in your area of interest. Or if you don't know yet what area of interest you have, we'll pair you up with somebody who's compatible personality-wise and they can work together over the course of three months to develop really a next step plan. So, you know, whether you want to go into the aftercare world or learning about sales or the racetrack or marketing and communications, veterinary medicine, we're going to try to set you up with the best possible opportunities to learn and engage with that avenue of the industry. So, our resources have really expanded. It's, Caitlin has been with the podcast from the very beginning. And, you know, this has turned into a, an incredible resource for us to be able to share with people about, you know, explaining avenues of the industry in a really educational, non-industry jargon way. Because uh, I think that the equine industry in general, we have a lot of terminology that we would understand, but somebody who's outside of that would, you know, think it sounds like a foreign language. So we go through and try to explain very nuanced aspects of the industry in a way that somebody could understand and makes it more approachable. So everything from uh, we another recent episode was talking about settlements. I'm not even going to try to explain it. Just go listen to the podcast because it's really complicated, but essentially understanding where money goes after it's been wagered on horse racing to, you know, what the day in the life of a racetrack executive entails. We've had veterinarians on, we've explained rules and regulations. 
we talk about aftercare. So trying to just lower those barriers to entry and make the process as approachable as possible. And I think, I think as, as, oh, sorry, ahead. just to add to that, Anise, I was going to say, I, I think what we're trying to do is provide resources that we may not have had yeah. when we first got into um, the industry, because we have very similar stories, you know, being from North Dakota, being from Texas, and then being horse girls, but not race horse girls. And, you know, seeing a movie or, you know, reading a book and being inspired and eventually making our way to Lexington and finding a path um, in the industry. But it was, you know, it was took a lot of tenacity and ambition and just kind of being in the right place at the right time. Um, and I think if we want this sport to continue to grow and evolve, which is going to make it better for everybody, including the retired racehorses, we need to keep bringing young, um, young, energetic, excited people with different viewpoints and different experiences and different backgrounds into the industry. Very well I love said. that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like it, there, it feels like, you know, when you just drive around or go visit farms and stuff in Lexington, you're like, this feels like a, like an old white man thing. <laughs> very much like you know <laughs> so i think it's so cool what you guys are doing to help bring in you know just yeah you're like if other... i step on this property will i immediately be arrested <laughs> like, <laughs> right, yeah like ooh, am i allowed to be here a are little you bit. Sure? yeah it kind of yeah. goes that way but... so we want to change <laughs> make it more accessible and you know it's i guess it goes back to that saying like you can't be what you can't see and, and Kristen, that is a, a good point. You know, it, I think a lot of people who aren't involved in the industry would have a very distinct picture of who the faces of thoroughbred racing are. And, you know, the more that we can diversify amongst, you know, how we're engaging young people, where we're engaging young people, showing anybody that they can have an opportunity to be part of the sport you know, the better it's going to make the whole industry because we're adding new and fresh ideas, new faces, and, you know, it just makes it more fun, right? It's already a global sport, so you might as right. well just make sure that people from everywhere and anywhere know that they can be part of it and, and take advantage of the opportunities that it offers. And that's why we're so excited to collaborate with you guys because I think a lot of people, like their first involvement with a thoroughbred is an off the track horse. You know, if they're a horse girl that takes yeah. a lesson on an OTTB and they don't know, you know, anything else. And that's not to say that all OTTB riders are racing fans and vice versa, you know, cause they're just not completely inclusive, you know, and that's mm -hmm. fine. Like you, you don't have to like racing to ride a thoroughbred and you don't have to be into OTTBs and horse sports to be into racing. Um, but I think there is so much room for those worlds to come together and realize that like, we're all on the same side here. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, so, yeah. The more, the more you understand, I think I probably lived in a bubble for a long time too. I was so, I'm going to use the saying blinkers on to just, you know, learn about racing, immerse myself in racing. I loved horses, but kind of like Caitlin, I took a little hiatus for a while, but I think the more I've learned about 
other riding disciplines. And I've really, you know, I guess a lot of that is through the thoroughbred aftercare world, um, you know, exposed myself to other disciplines and other sectors of the equine industry. The more it enriches your entire experience and, and opens your eyes to all the opportunities that are out there in horses in general, you know, it's, it's great to have your, your bubble that you're really passionate about, but I think it's also great to explore other, other avenues of the industry. And, and again, Caitlin, you're such a good example of that because you balance your, your career, which, you know, lends itself heavily to racing so well with your passion, which is showing. And, um, I think that's awesome. Thanks. You guys, always, always been a goal of mine to um, be able to horse show and work at the same time. <laughs> so that is the dream, right? Like <laughs> professional because a professional rider, because that was definitely not going to happen. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's something that, and as I am into it more now, and now that I do have this horse, that you know we've now um competing successfully in the national derbies and the adult hunters like i have a platform that i can show people who from both worlds that might not be um totally uh you know that their thought thought process might not be oh thoroughbreds can still be hunters or it might not be in the you know racehorse world oh we need more exposure at you know, the rated shows for thoroughbreds. Um, so I feel like I'm able to, like, as you mentioned, balance both of those things and hopefully like educate both sides. Cause it's, it's just, it's what I experience and see like on a daily basis when I'm competing. I think some people still think that thoroughbreds can't be competitive um, as hunters in, you know, it's, it's understandable. People are spending insane amounts of money to import horses from Europe, but it's um, definitely, it can be proven otherwise that with time and dedication and the right partner, um, you know, something that I was saying to Anise before we hopped on was, uh, so I'm actually at a jumper show this weekend and I don't have my thoroughbred with me because he is strictly a hunter. Um, I think a lot of people think, oh, a retired racehorse, it can really only go fast. You know, it, it can't do like the best lead changes or um, it needs to be an eventer or a jumper if it's gonna jump something. Um, he's the opposite. He is a hunter through and through. So <laughs> he has no interest in jumping brightly colored sticks. And um, it, it just goes to show, you know, how much potential is out there in every horse. And I think the Retired Racehorse Project, um, one of the amazing things that it does is show how versatile the breed is. Because it truly, you know, I always thought Arabians were very versatile and quarter horses. But I mean, I'm not sure you know, I love all, all breeds to be certain, but I'm not sure that you could have a similar competition for other breeds where you would be able to have so many different disciplines that you can show the horses it can excel in in such a short amount of time. Yeah, I think fun. that is, 
like I think it is one of the few events like that where you can stand in one spot and pivot, you know, on the spot and be like, there's 10 disciplines going on right now, <laughs> you know, and a lot of horses cross enter too. So, you know, like we, we don't see a lot of crossover between some disciplines, but like there's polo, there's freestyle, there's ranch work, there's hunters, there's jumpers, there's the eventing, you know, the, the typical thoroughbred. The field hunters. The, the field I mean, hunters. Oh my gosh. That's like the most fun to watch those. So. Yeah, that's my shameless plug to come out to the makeover, everybody, and watch the field hunters in the morning. But <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Future goal of mine, definitely to do polo at the makeover. Oh, heck yeah. We would love to see I, you there. That'd be awesome. Five-year five year plans. Five-year plan, vision board, definitely on there. Oh, let's accelerate that. Three-year plan. <laughs> <laughs> love that. We'll get you there. Yeah. That'll be fun. So with you guys with Amplify this year, do you have, you know, um, particular success stories with the mentorship program in particular or like notable alums or anything cool to share with that program? Yeah, we, a couple of really interesting stories. We had a mentee from our first year when we launched the program, you know, we really, we launched it as a pilot project with specific parameters. We didn't want to accept you know, a whole herd of mentees in our first year. We wanted to have a pretty limited amount, be very targeted and, you know, who we're pairing them with for mentors, making sure that we're kind of handpicking mentors that we knew were going to be very good mentors. Um, and now we have a very specific training program and orientation for people who want to be mentors. They have to have letters of recommendation and a background check and all of that. So, we had a mentee in our first intake in 2021 who had already graduated university and had a full-time job, but he was very passionate about racing and had no idea where to start in even considering a career in the industry. And his professional field was in accounting. And when he came into our program, he, you know, we accepted him because he was really ambitious and excited to learn more and wanted to pursue a career. But at the time, it wasn't going to make sense for him to leave his current job to just move on and work in the racing industry. And now, two years later, this year, he reached out to me and said, you know, I'm, I'm ready to move on to a new job and i want that to be in the thoroughbred industry i'm willing to relocate states he was in michigan and he now has a job working at taylor made here in lexington kentucky so that was a really exciting example of you know you never know when and how it might fit into your life but if you have a dream and it's something you're very passionate about and you follow that and you follow up with people who are willing to help you you know we want to help people make that transition. We had another one of our, our first intake mentees. Um, he, he went through the University of Arizona racetrack industry program. He's a senior now, and he I was at the Global Symposium on Racing in December, and they had a, a small presentation there for uh, students and award winners and he was selected as the the top like honored as the top senior in his program so it's very exciting to see him we've had a multitude of mentees that have gone on to you know careers and internships in the industry 
uh, and I'm just I'm so proud. And whether or not they they go on to actually work in racing or work in the thoroughbred industry in some capacity, at least we know they're leaving our program with a better understanding and a respect for how the industry works. And hopefully they've had a positive experience and they can, you know, speak positively about the thoroughbred industry as a whole. Caitlin on our last episode got to meet two of our star mentees from this year, Sydney Patrick and Paula Castro. They are both, one of them is interested in, in breeding and really the farm world. The other one is interested in veterinary medicine. They were selected through, we did a special travel award program this year for outstanding mentees. We awarded them with a, a travel grant to come to Kentucky in November and really go behind the scenes of all aspects of the industry. So they went to Ashford Stud, we went to Windstar to learn, learn about breaking and training. We went to new vocations. They got to experience the Keeneland November sale, look at horses with a consigner, look at horses with a bloodstock agent. Uh, we had a young professionals networking event. So it was, it was a really exciting year for the mentorship program. I could go on about it for a long, long time, but on the subject of exciting things this year, I was telling Caitlin this earlier, I would say the highlight of 2023 was actually Briarfest. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were a little bit um, trepidatious about dipping our toes into that world because I had never gone to Briarfest as a kid. It was always something I probably would have loved to do and I, still to this day have a ton of briar horses, but it was such a great place to interact with kids that are just so hungry to be involved with horses. Like there were a lot of them that, that we interacted with and actually Amplify teamed up with um, Horse Country to conduct engagement there, have what we called an activation. So we had an equisizer where kids could learn how to ride a racehorse. We had a a photo op with uh, a giant life-size picture of Rachel Alexandra, a touch and feel feed station, a touch and feel tack station. We gave away a race, uh, a thoroughbred themed briar horse every day. We taught kids how to make a racetrack in a test tube. And the kids were just, they asked such good questions and they just want to be around horses, learn more about horses, immerse themselves in the horse world. And so it was so fun, and I'm sure you guys can appreciate this to, as a you know, a, a horse girl, to take yourself back to being a horse kid, and just being so hungry for that immersion with horses. So, Briarfest was ten out of ten. We will be there every year. Come visit us. <laughs> That's awesome. That sounds like such a rewarding year and like the work that you get to do is so rewarding too. You know, like I used to teach. Um, riding at the university level um for a few years right after i graduated university myself kind of in, but like one part i really miss is like the mentoring young people that are really happy to be learning i'm like that's the part i miss the most is like that rewarding process of like you know seeing people leave your program and like know that they're you know at least they have the tools you know to continue if they want to so that's really yeah. cool. yeah good yeah. for you guys well and a couple of other successes just to mention really quick Anise is, you know, our work with the Horse Racing Women's Summit. Yes. And, and 
um, you know, both of us being there, um, I've, you spoke or moder you were on a panel. Yeah. About, mm -hmm. about Amplify mentorship, uh, specifically. And then we even got to meet Paolo there, um, it, which was fantastic because her Amplify mentor was the one who convinced her to come and she was absolutely lovely and met so many amazing women in the industry, you know, all the way from, um, from friends and peers her age to Stephanie Hironis. And that was just huge. And then, um, Anise, you moderated at Racing Symposium last week on success stories in thoroughbred racing for the year. It, I'm glad you touched on the Horse Racing Women's Summit because um, Kristen and Joy, you guys should definitely put it on your, you know, already very busy calendars. I know I that mean, I just I just Googled. I'm like, okay, tagging that for later because I need to talk to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is so much fun and it's such a welcoming, inclusive environment. And so, yeah, it was awesome to see a couple of our mentees be able to come and actually connect with their mentors there in person and. Um, Caitlin, it was it was partially you who really gave me the push that I needed to put the global symposium on racing on my agenda for this year, and then getting asked to moderate was like the final. You you actually need to go, but it was awesome to actually make it out to you know conferences and symposiums and have that further engagement with the industry, and um, but join Kristen, HRWS next year. Put it on your calendar because it, it's that a blast. Great. We will hopefully be releasing some information very early in 2024 about um, meetups and dates and the the summit. So, all right, yeah, yeah, we'll put it on our calendar. Yeah, because who knows? That'd be fun. Joy and I never get to actually meet in person, so it'd be really cool to actually go to an event together. <laughs> we talk. Kristen, are, yeah, are you in New York? Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, like rural New York. Like everyone's like, Oh, New York city. I'm like, no, like Buffalo, like yeah. south of Buffalo. It's actually faster for me to get to Lexington than it is for me to get to New York city. So. Wow. And yeah. Joy, you're in Michigan, right? I am in the Metro Detroit area. So Chris and I actually live like four and a half hours from each other. Like it's not, not that a far. bad drive, yeah. but like the one time we got together, it become it's like a whole weekend for our husbands just to hang oh out. Oh my God, they had so much fun. Yeah. They did have fun, but I would love to do something where it doesn't involve them. Yeah, I mean, it was great. But yeah, if there's like a horse racing women's husband symposium, we could just, yeah. the two of them can set that up and hang out together. And out. Just leave yeah. them at home. That's fine yeah, too. That's, yeah, that's also fair. <laughs> I actually, I love that. My, my boyfriend is involved in racing and um, I have another friend whose boyfriend is more like a horse show boyfriend in training and they ran into each other. Like we all met up at the phasing dipped in November sale. And it was so funny. It was like the horse husbands unite, you know, it's like they have their own. It's a thing. Oh, we did it at makeover too. Like they like find each other and it's like this little pod. I'm like, you all make fun of girl groups, but look at you. Oh yeah. They like, they are. move in a pack. Yeah. Like yes, that's why we got go the beer truck that one night like is for thing. the guys. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It's like that scene in Step Brothers. Like, do we just become best friends? They're all like, mm -hmm. yeah. And they all run around together. I yeah. know. It's like Zach, <laughs> Neil and um, Neil Agate and 
uh, Tom Mann, they all got together. <laughs> Once you get Tom Mansman involved. Oh my gosh. And they, yeah, they were just going for like, oh, let's like get a big Airbnb next year, guys. And like, we'll do like these big cooking classes because my boyfriend's in the um, <laughs> culinary world. And I'm like, what? I just, <laughs> I just want to enjoy this horse show. I want to get some good interviews. Like, what are you doing right now? It's like, we're going to go to the Mansman's and we're going to go do polo down there. It's like, what? Really got, it's noise. got the whole year planned out. <laughs> I love that. One last thing to worry about entertaining though. Like at least you know that they can entertain That's themselves. True. Yeah, just turn them loose. They'll, That's they'll figure true. it out. And I like too that there's that camaraderie of like, oh, does your wife or significant other, do they do this with their horses? Are they always talking about them? Are they always stressing about them? And it's like, yeah. Like it's yeah, you you are with a horse girl. What do you like? We uh we have some very threads that run among us. And so Put a support group together, to be honest. It'd probably be very popular. <laughs> we did it, we actually did a husband's episode where we had Joy's boyfriend and, and my husband Eric were our main guests, and then we had our network okay. head Glenn interviewed them about being a racehorse horse husband. Yes. So, so that was a good time so you know we're here for that. everybody <laughs> so funny. there really is something for everyone right? yeah oh my gosh yeah if you can think of it there's a podcast for it so you know, yes welcome <laughs> welcome to this world that's true <laughs> what was your guys's highlight of 2023 uh oh. well actually like for us as a podcast i think honestly the weekend we got to actually spend together like goofing around yeah it was really really fun <laughs> because I know, otherwise it's been, we just like, it's been years in the making yeah. Like even before our podcast in Kristen, I think I was an auditor in 2014. Like you and I have been talking for years. Like we're going on to like 10 years of knowing each other. Like internet friends. Yeah. Never give up. You'll meet your internet friends someday. Yes. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> exactly. So that was just a lot of fun. And I feel like a big highlight for me in particular was our Making the Makeover series. It was our second year doing it, but I just felt like it really solidified the concept. So when we first started Retired Resource Radio, we would feature a competitor for the Retired Resource Project all the way from March up until like show date in October. And in the beginning, like we changed who it was each time to try to hit as many disciplines as possible. And it was fun. But the way we changed it the last two years where we had like a core group of people joining us every episode and you got to see every part of their journey. And that was really cool. And I feel like they, for me and for Kristen too, like they become lifelong friends. Um, I Snapchat with most of them or at least talk to them every day. And, you know, we cried with them. We laughed with them. Like the theme of this year was like, well, you know, if it wasn't great, at least it's content. Like, <laughs> yeah, we need, we're going to put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. And like, they would find each other at the makeover and like they hype each other up and it, it's just... It was really rewarding that we kind of helped create a smaller community, but like they're, they're the people you're rooting for at the end of the day, like people got to know them months before and then see them compete. And um, that, that was a really yeah. rewarding experience. So excited to have our third cycle coming up. It's wild. And we had a lot of applicants too, which was really cool mm -hmm. to be a wow. part of that. So you guys yeah. people can actually apply to be featured yeah, yeah. We, we just put, put a out. post out in the trainers group. So there's a, a closed secret 
group. I don't know if it's a secret group or not, but it's a, a group on Facebook for past and current makeover trainers. So once applications go out, you know, people can join. And then, you know, is this kind of a safe place for them to be like, oh my gosh, I, you know, my horse is doing X, Y, or Z, please help me. Um, and we just put out a call of like, who wants to talk about their makeover journey and is comfortable talking about their makeover journey. And a lot of people think they are. And then you turn the recorders on and they're like, Ugh. so, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, but like people who are like willing to be candid about like what's going great and what's also not going yeah. great. You know, that's a big thing is like, you have to be willing to talk about the ugly parts too. Um, you know, but like, we'll make it fun. We'll make it great. And yeah, we got like 20 some people who were like, yeah, because the, the first year like, we, oh, we handpicked them just <laughs> yeah. to, and sure, we were picking people who like stuck with the mission of the makeover because mm -hmm. we don't want it to be like too self promoting either. Um, <clears throat> we wanted people, people who are willing to tell their story and talk, yeah. you know, and then, then people that kind of like represent sort of the gamut of trainers, you know, so like adult amateurs who are doing this for the first time. We have professionals. Um, I think we had a junior last year. We um, did. And like she was um, so well spoken. Like, I, know, I was like, she was like 30. 17 year old like gosh and she was showing every week together. and i'm like i i need like just half of her energy i'd be so yeah. successful the makeover this year in general was just like such a cool experience for us you know because i'm there full-time anyway for working for rrp but the number of people who came up to us like just walking around the horse park and were like hi I don't know you. You don't know me, but like I listened to the podcast oh, yeah. and I just want to say I love you guys. It was like really moving. Like the number. It was of like the first time being recognized way. in public, yeah. and it scared me because people are like it was Joy. Weird. And I'm like, hi, do I know you? <laughs> yeah, like, I listen to Retired Resource Radio. I was like, oh, that's amazing. Like I get so excited about it, but the first initial would scare me. Like, do I know these people? Yeah, it was Should weird. Like the people? first day, but yeah, by like Thursday afternoon, I was like this is really cool. You know, that like so many yes. people listen and like go out of their way to tell you that they appreciate, you know, what you're doing. So it was really neat, you know, because otherwise it just feels like Joy and I are just like screaming into the void twice a month, which is fine. <laughs> we're happy to do that. It's but it's also good to know that like there's listeners and they, they respond well and they like it, you know? So yeah, yeah thank you guys. Well, and tonight, <laughs> we totally do the same thing. We're like, well, we know we always have two listeners. Our yeah, mom. It's us. Yep. Uh, <laughs> our producer thank you yeah <laughs> actually it was really it was great this year there were like a couple of full circle moments when um so one of the interns that we ended up bringing on for women's summit she found out about women's summit through listening to our podcast and that was that was great <laughs> we hope we can do more like that in the future I actually think we have a listener in the mentor program this year. So, and also oh, someone awesome. I know from our horse show series. So yeah, she got hit with thoroughbreds on multiple sides and was like, I think I'm going to do this thing. So that shout out to Laren. So... <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, that is. I so yeah, Laren, if Laren listens to both podcasts, she's like, right now. <laughs> she's gonna... <laughs> She'd be like, wait a minute. <laughs> So Laren, yeah, we also show with her. So Laren's mentor, she got a really, I mean, all of our mentors are cool and awesome. Shout out to all of our amazing mentors who share their time with us. But her mentor is Jessica Paquette, who is the announcer for parks and the first female announcer, first woman to announce a grade one race in North America, I believe if I'm correct. So yep, yeah, Laren got, got a really cool mentor yeah. who has some extra special 
fame and her mentor, I can confidently say because I talked to her last weekend, also loves Laren. So we I love say, I don't want to embarrass Laren, but like we, it was the first one of the year. I want to embarrass Laren. Okay, I'm going to embarrass Laren. So <laughs> sorry, Laren. Um, and she, I was like leading my horse through the showgrounds and it was early. I was like, I think right after everybody got paired up and she pops out of her horse trailer and she's reading her phone and she's like, do you know who Jessica Paquette is? And I was like, girl, <laughs> girl, you don't even know. Like you scored big time on this mentorship thing. And she's like, okay, like, go get dressed for your class. I'll tell you later. Like, it was so cute. And she was just like, who, who is this? I was like, oh, okay. Cause she's you know, like, she's very new to the racing industry, but the more, you know, she listens to retired racehorse radio and hopefully is listening to the Amplify podcast. Like, I think she's like the model mentee, you know, of like someone who that. just wants to get involved and learn more and, you know, wants to find her path. So. Well, like slight side topic, but I was just thinking all this conversation, the mentorship, I was like, oh my gosh, Anise, when you came on to Retired Resource Radio, it was for the pilot program of the mentorship program. You were just getting started. So it's like we've come full circle today. And I'm so excited for that. We're we're finally a thing. And it's still, it's the same kind of feeling for me. Like when people apply, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're applying. Like, they like us. There are people really out like there. Them. They they like us. Exactly. They're excited. What I love even more though is I have to get a I have to embarrass Anise. Give a big shout out to her. I remember when Anise was an intern <laughs> at Keeneland on the notes team, and she was because um, I'm a, a couple years older than you, so I had already been working in the industry for a bit. I think it was with Windstar already with Grand Slam at that time. And I just thought, this girl is sharp. <laughs> she is going places. And, you know, to see what she's done in the past several years um, from from when we first met, it's, it's not a surprise, but it's fantastic to see. And it's doing so much for the industry. Thank you. And it, it's amazing to see what, what we've done and how we've grown and growing this platform and having these kinds of conversations is so important for again like improving accessibility of the industry and making people feel welcome so it's awesome i love the stuff this has been such a fun episode guys thank you so much for jumping on board with this well thanks for having us and vice versa yes thank you let's do this again (laughs) we should we should totally do it again and tell viewers where people can find you uh, you can find us uh, on social media. We are Retired Racehorse Radio on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and if you go to horseradionetwork.com, uh, you can find all of the Horse Radio Network family of podcasts. Including yeah. Retired and we're Race on Radio. any podcast player too. So if you like Spotify, Apple, you can just look up Retired Racehorse Radio. Awesome. And yeah, same thing for us. We're on Facebook, Instagram, at Amplify Horse Racing. We're on Tw- uh, X. I have to say X, formerly known as Twitter, uh, at Amplify Racing. People can get in touch with us at info at amplifyhorseracing.org and find us on whatever your favorite podcasting platform is. It's the Amplify Horse Racing podcast. We keep it very straightforward. So, yeah. Next time we're all in the same place. We're definitely going to have to have a horse girls slash podcast friends unite kind of moment and get together and get all the horse show boyfriends and husbands together as oh my well. Gosh. Oh, they'll Round love them it. up. They'll love it. Round <laughs> them up. And no, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see you guys 
in person again, whenever that might be, definitely at a horse thing or at a track somewhere. And thank you guys again. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. It was so wonderful to meet y'all. Same.